put in a tons of work. Like there's people in the room that move chairs. Like you know how long it took. Okay, yeah. Do you, do you know how long it took to move like these gray chairs in the back and then move these chairs in here? It took two hours. And like these people were just like going and going and going and going. And I was like, it's been an hour and there's still chairs in both sides. Like, what are we doing? And it took two hours. I was like, well, you guys are absolute rock stars. And so I'm so grateful just for all of that and all the Christmas decorations that will just continually get more and more and more because we're going to try to make sure that Christmas throws up in this building. Uh, so I, I hope that happens. Um, but you might be asking, like, in your mind, like, why in the world are we in this room right now? So there's two really big reasons that I just want to communicate before we just continue in the service. Uh, so the first one is, I'm just going to be honest, guys, like, we have had such a hard time being able to control the temperature in the other worship center. And uh, it's become just such a hassle and such... Such honestly annoyance and work because like even in the boiler, like the pilot lights are on, but the furnace won't actually light. I'm not actually sure how that works, but the professionals who have come in have said, Misael, I just really don't know if this, is, if this can happen and work. As of right now, I think it's working, but I don't know about tomorrow. So it's just one of those things. So that's number one. It's just we've had so much trouble doing that. And so I don't want you guys to freeze to death as we're trying to worship the Lord like we have this room. So we moved in here. And then the second thing you might be asking is, okay, why are we in this room? And what happens when it gets renovated? Like, are we going to move again? What's going on? Well, the reality is, is that this room is actually not going to get renovated. And so uh, before you throw tomatoes at me, let me just kind of help you understand why that's the case. So uh, five years ago, I think six years ago maybe, five or six years ago, they did a whole analysis of like the parking lot and the building and they said, okay, how much does this entire property cost? And it was around like $1.5 million, give or take. So then we're trying to renovate this room, okay? And to renovate this whole thing to be like an actual like worship space and like the bathrooms and the kitchen and everything, it was going to be over a million dollars. And so we sat there looking at this proposal and we were like, are we really about to spend over a million dollars on one little room of the church when the entire property, building, soil rights, mineral rights probably cost that much? And so we just believed it wasn't a good stewardship of our money. And so um, we're just going to make this our permanent worship space uh, because it's something that we can actually control temperature wise and be able to worship in. And um, I don't know what the Lord has in store for us. Like we're gonna stay here as long as the Lord is like, stay here. And if the Lord moves a different way, we'll move a different way. But the cool thing is, is that like, we are the church, we are the people and I just love you. And uh, I love worshiping with you. And I love being able to engage the community uh, with you. And so I just wanted to make sure um, I said those things because those are some questions that might be bothering you <laughs> as you're sitting here. Um, and I'm so grateful uh, for the time of like Christmas and the season of giving. Um, next week, I'm gonna bring a little gift that I got last year from this Christmas party. And it's a gift that I usually bring up here and I set right here for like the whole sermon. And I use it as an illustration. Um, but I'm really excited to show it to you because it's a gift that I really cherish a lot. Um, and some people like right now know what I'm talking about. And some of you have no idea. So just come next week and, and you'll get to see it. Uh, you might see me dance. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but if you're with me, let's go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter one. Hebrews chapter one, as we talk about the season of giving. And as you turn to Hebrews chapter one, um, I just want to give you a little picture of what we're going to be doing uh, sermon wise and message wise during Christmas. 
So during Christmas, we're going to be in this series called Jesus, uh, Prophet, Priest, and King. And so the reason we labeled it that and the reason we're doing that is because when you look at the Old Testament, it's so fascinating how God anoints and appoints different prophets and priests and king in order to lead Israel, in order to guide Israel, in order to speak the word of God to the people of God. And so... When we look at the Old Testament and then when we look at the New Testament, we see Jesus and Jesus is the complete fulfillment of the Old Testament. And Jesus is the full priest, the full prophet, the full king that has come to us and has come to speak to us and to give us a word, but also to save us and redeem us. And so we're going to be looking at the New Testament and how that connects with the Old Testament. And I think it's going to be a really, really cool time because whenever we have a full understanding that Jesus Christ is prophet, priest, and king, I think that changes our perspective, uh, especially when we see how Jesus speaks to us. And what's so cool is that we have a God that speaks. Like, think about that. There is a God who didn't just create and leave us, but there's a God who created and so intentionally spoke to us. So we have a God who speaks. And I just want to share just a quick story with you of what happened this past week. Um, because I'm just hoping that whenever we have these type of conversations, we can look at people with confidence and say, no, we have a God who speaks. So this past week I was uh, having breakfast with uh, someone in our neighborhood and she's become such a great friend of mine. And we're sitting there and, and she sits there. She goes, you know, Misael, there's two things I don't talk to people about. And I was like, okay. That's how she led the conversation. She goes, I don't talk to people about politics and religion. And I said, well, cool. I mean, I didn't bring it up. She goes, yeah, but I am. And I was like, what? She's like, I'm going to bring it up. And I was like, why are, we, why are you bringing it up then if you don't talk to people about it? She's like, I don't know. I just think we're close. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm glad you think so. So then she starts talking about politics, and, and I just sat there, and I listened. And I was, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then she starts talking about religion. And so she's talking about religion, and, and she's telling me, she's like, you know, Misael, I just believe in things that I can think of. And I was like, okay. And she goes, and then, you know, I, I, I think about Jesus, and, and I'll be honest, I really think that Jesus is just a man. Like, he's just a man. And I was like, okay, like, tell me why you think he's just a man. And so she starts, you know, talking about how, like, all the history and, and all of that's inaccurate, and Jesus is just a man, and this and this and this. And, and she's like, you know, I just, I just believe in things that I can think of. And you know what I can think of? And I was like, what? She goes, I, I can think of aliens. So I really believe in aliens. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, okay. So, all right, we have a, we have a lot to talk about. Um, because if you take that whole, that whole thing and you can continue that logic of, like, I only believe in what I can think of, I, I almost wanted to ask her and be like, listen, like, if I can think of murder as a good thing, then you can't prosecute me because I think it's good. If, if I can think of doing this thing and you don't like it, then you have no right to say anything because I can think that it's this. I said, if I can think that like Pluto is really where I live, then you can't tell me I'm wrong because that's what I think. You know, so you keep going down the logic and it's like, man, that's, that's, just not, that's just not true. And so as we look at Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 to 4, we're going to see that Jesus is more than just a man. And I just... I'm praying for my friend that I talked to because one day I hope that my friend is, is able to read a passage like this and just look at me and go, Misael, Jesus is way more than just a man. 
Jesus is everything. And so if you're with me, I want you to just read with me starting in verse 1. So in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in, the, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Um, So right now I just want to pray um, I want to pray for my friend and I want to pray for you guys that this scripture may would be something that we take with us this Christmas as we think of like this is who was sent to us during this time. So let's pray together. Uh, Lord Jesus, I'm just so thankful uh, for a moment like this, a Sunday like this, that we can come together and sing praises to your name because, Lord, you are worthy. It is digno. Lord, you are amazing. It is hermoso. And, God, I'm just so grateful that your word is so true. And I'm so grateful that Jesus is way more than just a man. Lord, because we needed Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray for my friend and I pray for any other friend that we can think of that maybe maybe thinks that Jesus is just a man or that Jesus is just a nobody. Lord, I pray for them that that you would open their eyes to the true uh, gospel, to the true reality of just who you are. And so, God, help us be the people who are equipped and, and people who are ready to share and ready to speak. Lord, because you have spoken. And I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. And so we have a God who speaks. And so really the first point that that we have this morning is that Jesus as the prophet, and we're going to see how and why he's the prophet, Jesus as the prophet speaks. So we have the prophet who speaks. Again, I want you to think of, of the Old Testament and just the prophets of the Old Testament. What did the, old, what did the prophets do in the Old Testament? Well, they were appointed and anointed by God to speak the words of God. They were the people who walked around to the people of Israel and said, hey, God says this, or, or God has said this, or they would warn the people of Israel, or they would encourage the people of Israel. Like they were people who were bold, they were people who... Maybe we're isolated because everyone hated them because they didn't like what God had to say. I mean, these prophets were the people who were like, I'm going to stand before you and I'm going to communicate what God has said. And so then we have Jesus, who's the greatest prophet who has come. He is the prophet. And again, in verse 1, it says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Again, this is just interesting because I'm, I'm assuming you can think of things like the burning bush or things in which... You have uh, different prophets standing up on this mountain and just saying, hey, like people of Israel, uh, this is what God has said. And you can even think of angels communicating. Uh, So you have many times and in various ways. But then verse 2, it says, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. And so this is, these are some really, really big statements because now we see that God the Father has appointed and anointed God the Son. 
to come into this world and, and to speak the words of God. And so I just want you to think of this because it's just so fascinating. When Jesus came, he's completely fulfilling the role of prophet. And he's speaking the words of God. But what's so cool about Jesus is that Jesus didn't just speak the word of God. Like he literally was the word of God. He was the word of God. So he's doing something more than any other prophet could do because he didn't just speak the word, he is the word. And so many, maybe many of you know John 1.1 1, 1, uh, with me, but if you look at John 1.1 1, 1, uh, and then verses 1 to 4, you see that in the beginning was the word and the word was God. And so we see that Jesus is the word, so he's not just speaking the word, he is the word. So he's walking around as this ultimate prophet of God and not just saying, here's what God says, but he's saying, here, this is what I say. And so he's walking with authority as the word. He's walking with authority saying, listen, the Father and I are one. Whatever I say goes, whatever I say, it's literally what God says. Now, I'm going to make some things personal here. Um, because maybe some of us have experiences with people saying, hey, God told me this. Or, or God told me to tell you this. So I'm going to tell you a little story again. So I went to OBU, which is like Oklahoma Baptist University, which that place is kind of weird. Like I don't know if you've ever gone there, but OBU is just kind of a weird place. Because uh, when I went to school there, you have some dudes, okay, some guys that range between the age of like 18 to 21-ish, maybe 22. And I would get so annoyed because they would walk up like this. Pretend this is a girl, okay? They walk up like this. They go, hey, God told me you're supposed to be my wife. <laughs> and this girl, I would hear it because I'd be sitting way in the corner like I don't want any part of that. I'd be sitting in the corner and the girl would be like, well, God didn't tell me anything. And there's just like this whole clashing of this guy, this dude being like, well, I, I've been praying and I've been fasting. And, you know, God told me that, like, you know, you're supposed to be my wife. And I'm just like, who do you think you are? I was like, you're not some prophet, my guy. And I was like, you're really not. And so I don't know what, what, what your experience with, with people saying, hey, God told me this or God told me to tell you this. Sometimes I just want to be like, hold up, buddy. Like, hold up. Up. And I don't, know, I don't know if you experienced that some other college or in your time younger and I don't know what that's like. But sometimes I want to be like, hold up, buddy. Because if, if God has really said something to you, whether in prayer or, or you're walking or in an elevator or you're driving or whatever that's like. When God speaks, it's always going to be aligned with his character, his attributes, his, his written word. And so whenever we encounter those things or whenever we feel like God is speaking to us because there is a God who speaks and, and, and he is speaking to us, we have to go, okay, does this align with his character? Does this align with his attributes? Does this align with, with his word that, that is written for us? Because <laughs> I can, um, I don't see these dudes at OBU walking up and going, hey, God told me I'm supposed to be single. Yeah, you, you never hear that. You never hear that. So I'm, I just question it every time. I'm telling you, OB is a weird place. But that's just one example of many. And so in all reality, if we looked at God's word, I don't know, maybe that would be the case for them. I don't know. But 
we have, to, we have to look at God's word and say, okay, God speaks. And whenever God speaks and whenever we tell someone else, hey, like God told me this, man, I just want to make sure that, that we remember that there is this, there's this internal battle and there is a spiritual battle sometimes and there's all of these voices sometimes in our heads. And we have to be able to discern what those are because, again, we have a God who speaks and he's always speaking. Um, and I'm just so grateful that, Jesus is the prophet who came not just to speak the word, but to be the word and be the living word for us. And so that's the first thing that we see in in this passage. Then I want you to go to verse three with me. Because if you look at verse three, not only do we see the prophet who speaks, but we see the prophet who sustains. The prophet who sustains. And we see this in verse three where it says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory in the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So again, Jesus is the prophet who sustains. It just, it just blows my mind because this passage, and then you look at Colossians chapter 1, like to just talk about how Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, like the exact representation, and maybe your translation says the exact imprint of God the Father. And again, I just want you to think about the life of Jesus and how just crazy it must have been to like walk around with Jesus and Jesus saying like, hey, like me and the Father are one. Hey, like, like I am God. I am the I am and it's just so crazy to think of like these people who like were seeing Jesus were literally seeing the exact representation, the radiance of God's glory walking around them. And then it continues on and it says that he sustains the world and universe with his powerful word. Again, Jesus is the greater prophet, all right? So what Jesus is doing is something that no other prophet could do. Because again, you look at the prophets of the Old Testament and they were just these human beings who were anointed and appointed by God to share the word of God. Just some human beings. But now you have Jesus who's greater than all of them and saying, yeah, I'm not just gonna speak the word. I'm not just gonna be the word and, and be the living word. But I'm, I'm literally the one who sustains all things by my powerful word. My powerful, uh, yeah, my powerful word. And so we just, we just look at this and, and I just want to remind you again of, of Colossians chapter 1. Uh, it's in verses really 14 to 17 where we see this. But it says that Jesus holds all things together. And then you look at the Spanish, it just blows me away. It says, por medio de él, todo continúa existiendo, which translates to, through Jesus, all things continue to exist. And so think about this, that Jesus sustains the whole universe, holds it all together, and it's only because of him that things continue to exist. It's only because Jesus is the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of the Father, that we can be sitting here and living and breathing. And, you know, I think about the holidays. Again, just trying to make it personal again. I think about the holidays and, and I think about us and I think it's just about our church. And I'm assuming that maybe a lot of us have already gone through so much stuff with our family. 
that I'm assuming that most of us have already gone through so much stuff like in our personal life. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of words that you want to say because it's just going so rough. And I see that in my family and, and I see that just in our, in our church family, just things that are going on and I'm just crying out to God and I'm like, Lord, will you be the one that holds them together? Like, Lord, will you be the one that they would remember that the reason that they exist is because Jesus is holding all things together? Like, will you remind them that no matter what they're going through, that they know that they are being held together by you? Because, again, I just I like look at the scripture and I'm like, Jesus is more than just a man. Jesus is the one where in every single time, like, he can hold me together. And, and if Jesus can hold the whole universe together, if he can hold the whole world together, well, I know that when my heart is broken, he holds my heart together. I know that when my family is broken, that he, he's the one really trying to hold it together. I know that when my body is broken, man, Jesus is still holding me together. So in all of those moments where we feel broken, in all those moments where we just feel uh, just absolutely destroyed, I just want to point you back here again where it says the sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word, and then providing purification for sins. He sat down at the right hand of majesty in heaven. And so the same God who sustains all things, your heart, your body, the world, the universe, is the same God who humbly, humbly provided purification for our sins. And those are things that this Christmas, I I just don't want us to forget because Jesus is the greatest prophet who, again, didn't just speak the word, he lived the word and he was the word. And as the word, he holds the whole world together because all things were created in him and through him and everything finds life in him as well. So then we continue and I want you to see verse four with me. Verse four, we see the prophet who's superior. That's who we see. So I've kind of been leading up to this, the prophet who's superior. And I want you to read verse four. It says, so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So again, you have this Jesus who is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact imprint and representation of God. And so you see here that he is literally greater than any other prophet that's ever existed. He's greater than any angel. That Jesus is greater than any person who's maybe done all these amazing things. He's greater than all of them. And as this prophet, he's like, I'm even greater than the angels. Like, I'm more glorious than them. Because I'm the one who created them. I'm the one who gave them life. I'm, I'm the one who completely fulfilled everything. And, and what I want you to see in Hebrews, which is just incredible to me, is that the book of Hebrews doesn't put Jesus in the middle of like a little story. What the book of Hebrews does is it puts Jesus in the middle of the entire story of the universe. Where he is this climactic moment where it's like he... Is, is the all-star, the hero of the whole story. And it's not just one little story or one little part of the world or one little part of, of human history. But Jesus is this climactic king, this, this prophet, this priest, this hero who's in the middle of the entire story of humanity. 
And that's where the book of Hebrews puts Jesus, and that's where the Bible puts Jesus. And so when we look at Jesus, he perfectly shows us all that we need to know God the Father. So God the Son does everything and says everything and gives us everything in his life and in the word to know all that we need to know about the Father. And so this Jesus, who's the heir, who's superior to the angels, who has the name above all names, is so personal. Like he is so, so personal. Like he's not just out there, but he's so personal. And, and the reason I say that is because, again, I've just had conversations with people in the past couple of weeks that they look at me and they're like, Misael, like, you know, I've prayed to some God before. Or Misael, like I've really tried to, you know, communicate to this higher being. And I'm like, But guys, like, God speaks to us. Like, he is so personal that not only does he listen, but but he speaks. He speaks to you. He speaks to your situation. Man, he speaks to you right where you are. And, And what's amazing is that even though he's higher than everything, even though he's God, he's still so intentional to go, you know what? I'm gonna communicate right to you, right where you are, and I need you to listen to my voice. And you see, a couple weeks ago, uh, I shared this story about, you know, this airplane thing and the voice of God and all that kind of stuff. I actually had some people ask me if that story was fake. And I was like, I don't know. It wasn't my story. I told you someone else told it and I stole it. So I was like, ask them. I don't know. But it's a great story that talks about the voice of God. And, you know, when I read this and and I just continue to process that we have a God who speaks, I just process my life. And I process just us as humanity. And I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I hear the voice of Misael more than I hear the voice of God. Sometimes I feel like I hear the voice of Misael more than I hear the voice of of the Holy Spirit guiding me and influencing me. And so if we really do have a God who speaks, I need to be the person who's like, all right, God, like I need you to speak to me in this moment clearly because I just don't know. God, I don't know what decision to make. Lord, I don't know what to do. Or, or God, I'm feeling these things. I just really need you to speak into the situation. So again, I don't know if you're like me, and, and maybe you hear your voice more than God's voice or all these other voices in your head. You see, my, my encouragement and, and something that I'm really trying to work on right now is what voice is influencing my life? You see, it's, it's amazing to have family and, and friends and other people, mentors who are these voices in your life that are pouring into you practically and biblically and, and logically. It's, it's really good to have those things. But ultimately, the primary voice, the most influential voice in my life needs to be God. And he is the one who needs to be guiding me and leading me. And, and sometimes it's really hard to hear the voice of God. I don't know if you've ever felt that. Anyone else feel like the voice of God is sometimes hard to hear? Anybody? Okay, we have one hand. Everyone else is perfect. You guys are great. It's so hard sometimes. And, and, and for me, like, it's so hard to, like, be still and know that God reigns and know that, like, God is above all. It's hard for me to be still and acknowledge him And it's hard for me to be still and and say, Lord, lead me. And I'm going to wait for you to speak because I'm so impatient. And I don't know if you feel super like that too. But I feel like the older I get, the more impatient I get. I don't know if I can get an amen out there somewhere. I don't know. Right? The 
older you get, the more impatient you get. And so I want to be careful that as I'm praying and, and as I'm processing and, and I'm like seeking the Lord's voice, I'm asking these three questions. Does it align with his character? Does it align with his attributes? Does it align with his word? Because the moment I try to listen to Misael's voice more than God's voice, game over, absolute game over. And so I'm thankful that God is so personal that he speaks to us. And so what I wanna do in this moment is uh, I wanna pray and just take a little bit more of an extended time of prayer. And during your prayer time, I just really don't want you to say anything, but I want you to be still and know that he is God and know that he is good and know that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, that he is the exact representation of the Father and that he sustains all things. And so as you sit there and, and you just let, just say, Lord, like you speak, I'm just gonna sit here in silence and be still because I probably haven't been still all week. I'm gonna be still because I need to remember that as we get to Christmas and as all the family craziness happens, you're holding me together. You're sustaining me. You're speaking to me. So I'm gonna give you a couple minutes just to sit in prayer and then I'll end this by praying. Lord, we repent that We don't sit still enough and just say thank you for your goodness and your mercy. And and God, it feels awkward and, and Lord, it feels weird sometimes. And especially in a service like this, it's sometimes like, okay, what are we doing? But Lord, in all reality, we, we need your voice in our life. So God, we ask that. your voice would be the most influential voice in our hearts and in our minds. Lord, because this, this Christmas, we, we really need you. There's so much that's coming our way to our families and to our personal lives. And God, we need to remember just how you maintain and sustain us. God, thank you that you are a God who speaks and that Jesus is way more than just a man, but that Jesus is God. And as God, Jesus, thank you that you came down to earth and died and rose from the grave for us so that we can be purified and made new and transformed. Thank you that when we are exhausted and tired and all of these things that we can go to you and you refresh us through your Holy Spirit. God, I thank you that you are with Jesus right now in, in Mexico. God, he is going through so much. So God, I pray that you would sustain his family, that you would sustain his brother and his mother and his father. God, you know how much we love him. 
We ask that you bring him safe this week. That we'd be able to see him this upcoming Sunday. And that we'd be able to love him well. Lord, I pray right now that he would know that we are praying for him. That he would know that we love him and that we value him so much. Thank you for his life. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Um, I think we do not, okay. Um, man, thank you so much, uh, man, for praying. I know, I know it's super awkward. Um, but like I said, help us spread the word that we're in this room. And so before we leave, I, I do want to give you just a really quick announcement. Um, our Christmas Eve service is going to be at 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve, uh, the 24th. And so we're going to open the doors a little bit early uh, because we're going to have some really fun drinks. Um, don't bring the rum, okay? But we are going to have like eggnog and champurrado and hot chocolate and I think some kind of other drinks or whatever. Um, but it's going to be a really good time. And, and again, Jesus is doing a lot of work uh, for that Christmas Eve service. And so would love to have you guys come out and, and hang out and, um, and just celebrate with us. And so with that, like always, you're not dismissed, but you're sent. And so have a great rest of your day.